0: You're listening to a podcast from Red Sea Church, a community of faith in Portland, Oregon, whose mission is to draw to Christ, develop in community, and deploy into culture. Well, good morning. Uh, Thanks, Monica. I appreciate you uh, just praying the fruit of the Spirit upon us during this difficult season. And uh, even earlier in our time together as as a a team we prayed and uh and we can just acknowledge that you know this is going to start this is starting to get old uh but at the same time it's God's grace in us uh so I've actually got you guys pulled up here on my tv in front of me uh so when I look up I'm not contemplating I'm actually looking at you uh when I when I speak and so I appreciate you guys just taking the time to join in with us today so we're going to be wrapping up our uh, our series in the book in the through the minor prophets uh really soon there's only two more messages uh this week and then nate crone's going to bring the last message in that series uh next next week and uh what i'm excited about with both of these messages is they are going to cover the people coming out of exile so uh not nearly as much a condemnation uh now we get some joy uh in this great work that god is doing in restoring his people as you guys probably know the nation of israel had entered into exile because of covenantal disobedience. And God had told them through the prophet Jeremiah that they were going to go to Babylon and they were going to be there for a series of years. And so they needed to get comfortable. They needed to settle down. I'm going to put it up here on the screen for you guys. Uh, It's Jeremiah 29, 5 through 7. And this is what the prophet Jeremiah said to the people. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage. That they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will um, you will find your welfare. And then just a few verses later, he says this in verse 10. Uh, For thus says the Lord, When seventy years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise. And bring you back to this place that's what we're gonna pick up today is is God fulfilling his promise to bring his people out of out of exile well the story of what that actually looks like takes place in the book of Ezra it's one of the books of history follows first and second Chronicles and in the book of Ezra it records the returning of God's people from Babylon back to Jerusalem so God does this amazing work so in 538 BC he stirs in the heart of the Persian king, whose name was Cyrus, to let the people go from exile to return to Jerusalem. So Cyrus he makes this proclamation to all the Persian Empire and says the Jewish people are allowed to leave and go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. Now you have to think about the the divine work of God that this is. This is this is one of those instances when God comes and He stirs the hearts of kings, just like He did. Pharaoh. uh, He's stirring in the heart of Cyrus to let his people go back. And the amazing thing isn't just that Cyrus lets the Jews choose if they want to go back to Babylon. He actually gives them all of the resources that they need in order to rebuild the temple once they get there. I mean, think about that. A pagan king is now going to pay for the rebuilding of the house of God. So when the Jewish people leave, they actually get to leave with all of the original possessions that had been in the temple and inside the sanctuary, the gold and the silver, um, the lampstands. God had preserved all of these things in captivity in Babylon. Now they're able to leave and go back to Jerusalem to fulfill the promises of God. So the first wave of exiles, they go, and it, there's not a great response to this calling uh, to go back and return to Jerusalem. We know that only a handful of the priests choose to go, a handful of the priests choose to go. And it's believed that a lot of the people who initially choose to return to Jerusalem, they're kind of the ones who really didn't have a lot to lose in, by leaving Babylon. Uh, but if you were prosperous, if you were established, a lot of those Jews just stayed in Babylon because they had already made a home there. So here's what they do. This kind of ragtag group of people get back to Jerusalem. And they first lay the foundations of the temple. They had been given measurements to do it. Then after the foundations laid, they build an altar. And now they're able to offer sacrifices. And so they have their first, uh, in 70 years, they're offering sacrifices to God on the temple mount. They're having this big celebration. Well, as you can imagine, this is where they start to run into some problems. Because there was a group of people that lived in the land, that had settled the land, and they had been enemies of the Jewish people for a long time. Well, they didn't like the fact that the Jews were coming back to rebuild their temple and talking about their kingdom again. So they go and complain to Cyrus. And because an upright, uh, because they threatened to, uh, to revolt in the empire, Cyrus says, okay, we'll shut down the building project for now. Well, then something really interesting happens. The Jewish people just kind of stopped trying to build the temple. I mean, you have to think about the significance of that. This was the, the place where they were to offer their sacrifices. It was the place where yahweh was meant to reside it was it was supposed to be a beacon of light to all the empire but they run into some problems and then they just kind of settle down and they just start living their lives the impression you get even from the words that we'll look at this morning and and uh in haggai is that you know they they tried to rebuild the temple but It just didn't work you know and it was hard work and we ran into opposition so you know what let's just go about living our lives and now you have these people who've just been there for 18 years they're well established they have homes and businesses they're providing for themselves while God's house sits in ruin weeds are growing through the foundation and everybody's just going about living their lives it's in this moment that God raises up the prophet Haggai. And he goes to the people and he calls them to complete the work that had been started. And Haggai, he's going to say something powerful, something that's going to pierce the hearts of these people who have just been kind of sitting in complacency for the last 18 years. He's going to, God's going to use them to stir up their hearts to continue this work. And we're going to look at that this morning in the book of Haggai. So if you have your Bible, open up the Haggai. Chapter 1, We're going to look at verses 1 through 6. <clears throat> in the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel the son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua the son of Jehozadak the high priest. Thus says the Lord of hosts, These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. It is time for you yourselves to dwell in your. Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses? While the house of the house lies in ruin. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts: Consider your ways. You sow much and harvest little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink. But you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. So we see here that the main reason that the people had not completed the work that God had called them to do is because they had become satisfied with mediocrity. They had just settled down into a a nice, kind of comfortable life. You know, they had their paneled houses. That means they had more than they need because they had some luxury inside of them. They had food, you know, they had drink, they had their clothes, they had jobs, they had wages. But Haggai says, but ultimately you're being fruitless. He says, you have, you harvest little, you're never filled, you're never warm, and you're not profiting. You're just surviving while the temple the place where the world was meant to come and meet the living God sits in ruins. But the people don't care because they're able to offer their religious sacrifices. There's a sacrifice, you know, there's an altar there. There's a couple of priests. They were just content with the way that things had become. Now, I think all of us can relate to this in, in one form. You know, you set out to accomplish a goal, you get all excited about it at first, but then you run into all types of challenges and problems and then the work sits uncompleted. Uh, How many of us have uncompleted house projects? You started it with zeal, no hands, thank you. Uh, You you started it with zeal, is this gonna be a great project? You had this vision of what it could look like. And then what happened? You ran into a problem and then the work just kind of sits there and then you just get used to it, you know, like, oh no, the fence has always looked like that. You know, the, the, the bathroom has always had that problem. You just kind of get used to it. Uh, I had this problem recently here in our house. Uh, we set about the task of renovating our basement, which has been a project we've been wanting to do for quite a while now. And we had the time suddenly because we were stuck at home a whole lot. And so we started this project of renovating our basement and and uh and it started going it went really well. You know, did the demolition, the sheet rock, and then we put in all the flooring and we put in the lighting and then we could move the furniture back in. And so it it worked. But then we ran into two big problems. One was the stairwell leading down down to the stairs. When we pulled the carpet off, it was like horrible underneath. And realized we're going to have to basically rebuild the entire stairwell. And when we up, pulled up all the vinyl flooring out of the bathroom, it like destroyed the floor underneath. And so now I've got to do a whole bunch of tile work. So you know what I did? We just started ignoring it. We, we have a stairwell that has no railing and it's just basically boards that have been nailed down. We have a bathroom floor that's busted concrete and we've just been walking on it. Well, you know, you guys ever ever done that? Because you just run into all these problems. You know, we think, well, it's functional, but it's incomplete. This is where the Jewish people were. It was functional, but it was incomplete. God had a bigger work that he wanted to do. You know, as I thought about that, I also kind of thought about the journey that Red Sea's been on. I think it's really interesting that it's been 18 years since the first foundation was laid in the temple and the work continues. Through Haggai. You guys know what year we celebrate this year as a church? It's 18. We're 18 years old this year. God did an amazing work in Red Sea 18 years ago and calling a people here to establish a church in this community. Red Sea was the first church in St. John's in in decades, and it's one of the few churches. There's only been two of them in the last 20 years that have been able to move from being church plants to actually establish church. It was exciting in the early years. People were being saved. They were being baptized. We were, we were trying to figure out this whole, like, leadership thing at the church and what that was going to look like. God bless us with a building uh, where we could be a blessing to this community. We moved in, and then something happened that happens to almost every church at some point in their life cycle. We just kind of settled down. You know, we just, we just kind of got comfortable. The foundations have been laid. We were established. You know, we could come and have our religious experience. We've got our home communities where we can be known. And on Sundays, we can show up and we can have church. And in the process, Red Sea became a church for Christians. Well, how do I know that? It's because people aren't getting saved in our church, even though the gospel is being preached. And when people stop getting saved in a church, it's because the church no longer has a passion to make God known in its community. You know, to be honest, church, I I feel like we're experiencing what Haggai talked about the people of God were experiencing. They had sown much, but they had harvested little. And I believe with all of my heart that there's a great work of redemption that God wants to do in North Portland to make his glory known. God did not establish Red Sea so that the 50 of us could play church and be comfortable. He did it so that those who do not know him would come to know him. It's the same reason that he established the nation of Israel so that they would be a light to all of the nations. And I believe that God is calling us, just like he did to his people in this passage, to a season of leaving our security and our comfort and our prosperity to work at building the kingdom of God. I think it's really interesting here in the beginning of Haggai. Notice who he talks to. He's talking to the leaders. You know, for the last couple of years, God's been been stirring in my heart this work of redemption that I believe he wants to do and and I see God's amazing provision upon our church in this task God's been generous to provide us with a building he's given us leaders that love the church he's given us uh, musicians that can come and, and can lead us and artists who can help us engage in this culture he's given us home community leaders to shepherd the people but there's been a missing element and I have felt it very strongly for about five years. What we haven't had is someone who who is passionate about reaching this culture and someone who can lead us in sharing the gospel and engaging in the culture of Portland. The gifting in the New Testament is called an evangelist. It's, It's men and women who God calls to focus more time and energy outside of the walls of the church than inside. And for five years, I have been praying And I have been pursuing the heart of God in this for Red Sea. I have had many conversations with many different people over the years to try to stir this up, to lead us in this way. But I I haven't given up hope on it. And last fall, God connected me and Royce with Nathan Riley. And then after that moment, we began to dream about what it would look like for Nathan to come here to Portland. And then at the beginning of the year, Nathan and Carrie came out to Red Sea, and Nathan preached, and they just attended, and and God confirmed that call of this work that he was doing to bring them to this place. And so we entered into a a process with him as elders to to affirm that calling. He talked about the push in the pull, that he was being pulled to something, and we confirmed that pull, and we confirmed the place that it would be, and him being as part of our elder team, but then we ran into it. We ran into a problem. How in the world is a church this small going to afford another full-time staff member? It's just not realistic for us. So what did God do? Just like He provided through Darius or through uh, Cyrus and then and then uh, Darius, He provided the funds to make this happen. Uh, God's raised up two churches that are getting behind Nathan coming here to Red Sea and being a part of our elder team. It's, uh, it's Antioch Church in Bend where Nathan is currently on staff and Imprint Church in Seattle. Those two churches have committed $125,000 over the next two years to bring Nathan to Red Sea and to have him come on staff with our church. We also have several other churches that are committing financially. They're doing these one-time gifts. We had our first one rolling this past week. It was $5,000. Church, God's at work. Churches don't do stuff like this. They don't give money to other churches. They give money to church plants. They give money to missionaries. But this doesn't happen. And, and I'm seeing God at work. He's providing the people. He's providing the resources, but hear me out. The Rileys coming to Red Sea is not going to be our savior. It's going to be the answer to a an particular area of focus on our mission, and I'm excited about Nathan bringing his gifting to that. Nathan's going to be a great blessing to Red Sea, but God wants his people to step out in faith and boldness in reaching this community. That's why you and I are here. You were not brought here to enjoy the beauty of the Pacific Northwest. You were not brought here to retire. You were not brought here to enjoy craft beer. You were not brought here to work a job. You were not brought here to own a home in a cool neighborhood. You were brought here to be a part of the church, of the kingdom of God. We our god's kingdom on earth and it's through us that he is using to make his glory known to the nations the jews were not just another ethnic group under the persian empire they were chosen they were set apart but they had to choose to do the work that god was calling them to do and we are going to have to make that same choice will we choose to be uncomfortable Will we choose to do things differently than we've done it for years? It's a choice that we're all going to have to make. Well, look how the people respond. Look over at Haggai chapter 1, verses 12 through 15. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, with all the remnant, remnant of the people, so the people join in here. They obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. And the word of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God has sent him and the people feared the Lord then Haggai the messenger of the Lord spoke to the people with the Lord's message I am with you declares the Lord and the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel the son of Sheltiel governor of Judah and the spirit of Joshua the son of attacked the high priest and the spirit of all the remnant of the people and they came and worked or worked on the house of the Lord of hosts our God on the 24th day of the month in the sixth month in the year of Darius the king the people had two responses to the move of the Lord into the word of Haggai it says that they obeyed and that they feared the Lord it was simple complete the work that I started in you build the temple Build the kingdom. Well, what's obedience going to look like for us at Red Sea? I believe it's going to be a renewed vigor to draw to Christ, developing community, and deploying the culture. I'm excited about the future and about this mission because more than ever, I believe that God is providing with us not only the resources to accomplish the mission, but I believe he's providing for us a spirit, a renewed vigor to accomplish the mission. I think a small step of obedience for us as a church, particularly for those of us who are members, is to, is to affirm the Rileys coming to Red Sea next Sunday. If God's asking us to do this, and if he's providing for us to do this, then we should step out in faith and trust God that he knows what he's doing, even if this seems different from the way that we've done it in the past. But it's more than just obedience, because I don't want us to begrudgingly obey. It says that they feared the Lord. See, the the fear of the Lord is to hold him in in reverence and awe and devotion. It's it's simply believing that God is at work and then joining with God in that work. And it's displayed in in reverence by his people. Uh, it's, It's this stirring that God does when he wants to revitalize his people. And when the spirit comes, it begins to move. When I walked into the doors of Red Sea Church over 12 years ago, I felt the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit was working in that place, and and I saw people getting saved, and I saw a church that was excited about reaching its community. But then as time passed, for many of us, our excitement waned, and we just got comfortable being a little church where we could be known. When Nathan preached last week, I felt the spirit move. You know what happens when the spirit of God moves? There's repentance. There's faith. There's obedience. And the kingdom of God grows. And I'm convinced that God wants to do a great work of redemption and growing his kingdom here in our part of the city. But you're going to have to choose how you will respond to that move of God. Haggai here is going to bring a, a powerful word to the people that I think is just prophetic for us in the season that we find ourselves in. It's in chapter 2 verses 4 through 9. Let's read it together. In the midst of, of just the challenge of what God's calling them to, look at what he says. He says, yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehosadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not, for thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land I will shake all the nations so that the treasures of all the nations shall come in and I will fill this house with the glory says the Lord of hosts the silver's mine the gold's mine declares the Lord of hosts the latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former says the Lord of hosts and in this place I will give peace declares the Lord of hosts I would add to the Hag- to Haggai's words Now be strong, O elders of Red Sea. Be strong, O deacons. Be strong, O home community leaders. Be strong, O Red Sea. Work, for the Lord is with us. This is and always will be his church. It all belongs to the Lord. There's no no limit to what he can do. Just as we talked about last week, Jesus said, I will build my kingdom. I will build my church. And just as a part of the the covenant, it's, it's blessing, but it calls us to step out in faith. Haggai says here that the latter glory of the house will be greater than the first. Now, I don't know exactly what the future looks like for us. But what I do know is that in this passage, he's not just referring to the temple. He's not just referring to a building. For one, we know that the temple that they will rebuild is not nearly as glorious as the one that was first there. We know that the temple that Haggai is talking about here is the temple of Jesus Christ. It's the temple that would be destroyed and raised up three days later. The temple that brought access and true peace could be found in a relationship with the Lord of hosts. That's the work of redemption that I believe God wants to do in our community. It's a, it's a, it's a grand work of making his name and his glory known so that people can know the peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding. And our community and our culture don't know that peace. In a minute, we're going to have an opportunity to receive communion. So if, if you have those elements together, you're going to be able to, to, to do that. And I want you to to think about the peace that's been extended to you. When you did not know Christ as your Savior, when when you were blind and God came in and he offered you that peace and you received it. And then I want you to think about all the people that you know who don't have that peace. The people that God surrounds you with who are searching for that peace. It's through the church that the peace of the heavenly father is going to be known. It's going to be through you and me being messengers of peace and love and reconciliation to this world. I'm going to pray in just a minute and then we're going to receive communion. But I want to ask you guys to do this. I want you to take this next week before we vote, to bring Nathan and Carrie out here and their family. And just ask yourself, is God at work? That's a a simple request. Jesus said, ask anything in my name and I will do it for you. Ask him, is God at work? And if God is at work, then we are going to step out in boldness and in faith, trusting in the work that he is going to do in this community. And I believe when God's people step out in faith, That's when the glory of God is put in display, not because of our abilities, but because of what he wants to do. So let's pray together. Let's receive this communion and let's worship. Join me in prayer. Father, uh, I thank you for the work that you did here in this text of uh, of fulfilling your promises that you established a people, even though they were sinful, you had a plan to, to bring them into your family. To make them a light to the nations, and Father, we know that truth applies to us too, as your as your people. Throughout this series, through the minor prophets, I've seen over and over again this this idea of a grand work of redemption that you want to do, and I thank you for how you've just met us in the text throughout this pandemic. It's it's been such a weird time, Father, to enter into conversations about where we're going as a church. We had this. You know this tendency to just survive, to just hunker down. And Father, we don't want to live like that. Father, I want to live boldly for your kingdom. I want to see my neighbors come to know you. I want to see the people in our in our neighborhoods repent and receive peace and forgiveness. Father, would you continue to do that? Would you give us the filling of the holy spirit to do the work that you've called us to do for the leaders of red sea to the elders to all of us on the screen and all of those who are just sitting at home this morning stir in us a work of renewed vigor to complete the task that you called us to do and having asked that father we just trust you we trust as you move we get to follow come lord god and move move in this place We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Red Sea Church. If you would like more information about Red Sea, including more audio messages, please visit us at www.redseachurch.org or contact us at info at redseachurch.org.